0: My guest today is breast cancer survivor, Isabelle Bart. We discussed what it was like when Isabelle was first diagnosed last year and right in the middle of COVID, no doubt, going through radiation treatments and ultimately finding a balance between herself physically, emotionally, and professionally. We also talk a bit about what Isabelle does as a life coach for men and women to help create a holistic balance to their life. We also talk about her professional work and one she is very passionate about, and she's here to tell you all about it and more with me, your host, Samantha Bentley, on Why Me God? Good morning. Good morning, Samantha. How are you? I'm great. How are you?
1: Good. I didn't know if it was a video or just an audio, so I've never done this um, audio like this before. Oh, really? (laughs) Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Time. Okay. Yes. Hopefully, eventually, I'll um, be able to do video as well, but I just haven't got that far yet in my technology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, a lot of I think a lot of people just do Zoom. They only use the audio, but they still do it on Zoom for some reason. But this probably not as good audio either.
0: Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, did you have a good fourth? Yes. How about you? Uh, Yeah, pretty good. Didn't really do a whole lot. Um, Just kind of stayed around home. But where I live, I'm kind of like in the middle of a field. Um, So all my neighbors around me, like I could just hear fireworks going off for like two hours last night. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. So it's like, I didn't really have to go anywhere to watch them because they were just pretty much in my front yard.
1: <laughs> That's easy. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so how are things um, on your side of the country? Because you're you're in California, right?
1: Correct. Okay. Yes. So, you know, Southern California, the weather has been so, so actually, it's, it hasn't been too hot yet um it's it's kind of pleasant though it's you know in the 75-ish degrees and um it's, it's very dry here so i think they are kind of concerned about a lot of fires this year again but we'll see right
0: now may i ask where are you from because i can tell you about
1: an um, yeah i don't sound like i'm from here right um, <laughs> i am originally from france
0: oh okay awesome when did you move over here
1: about 20 years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. My mom is from uh, Germany.
1: Oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, and she moved here when she was 18, I believe. So. Oh, yes.
1: But yeah, I was 22, I think, when I moved here. So
0: yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and get started. Um, if you just Kinda wanna start out, tell listeners just a little bit about yourself um, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. All right, well, I'll, I'll let you take it away.
1: Okay, thanks Samantha. Um, <laughs> hello, well, my name is Isabel. Um, I'm a one year breast cancer survivor and um, I currently live in Southern California. I'm originally from France, I've been here 20 years um i am a mom of two kids and um also um professionally i work with social entrepreneurs um coach and consult and i lead an incubator for uh, for entrepreneurs so i'm really excited about what i do i'm really passionate about transforming the world and um, you know creating positive change um, and so i'm very feel very lucky every day um, when I get up, I'm very grateful of um, the kind of things I get to do.
0: Okay. Awesome. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit um, about when you were first diagnosed and what kind of cancer? Well, you said breast cancer, but um, what it was like when you were first diagnosed? Of course.
1: So, um, you know, so as I mentioned, you know, I have, I have two kids. They are fairly young. Um, I last year, so I was 41. and um, I am very uh, physically fit. I've um, done always exercised a lot um, before I had my kids. I was a, I was doing triathlon, and um, you know always worked out several times a, a week. Um, I love swimming. I love hiking and biking. And um, you know I was always wanted a healthy lifestyle, um, eating well. You know I don't smoke. I hardly drink any alcohol. And um, you know again I think healthy lifestyle was just part of my life and um, uh, always had, you know, stellar lab results every time I did my checkups and everything. So yeah. from a clinical standpoint, you know, um, always felt like I was, you know, doing awesome and, and in great health. And um, so when I was 39, my OB um, said, you know, well, we'll get you started on the annual mammograms. Usually it starts at 40, but you have dense breasts. And even though you know they are not very big you never know and it's good to do mammograms so um started when i was 39 so last year was actually my third mammogram and i had my appointment march 17 which is the week that pretty much COVID hit the united states and that you know every worker ended up going home and so that week i was actually home but i thought well Let's let me get my mammogram done. You know, it's it's a good thing to do and you know, get me out of the house actually. <laughs> when I was working from home, so um I went for my mammogram and I really, you know, did not think anything of it. I mean, I came home, I'm like, I, I did what I had to do, you know, it's all good. And um the next day they call me back and they say, Well, we saw something on the mammogram, it's probably nothing, but can you come do an ultrasound? So um, that's kind of when the, I would say the, the, the chain of diagnostic stuff started. So I came back, I did an ultrasound and um, the radiologist told me, well, see, I'm going to need to do a biopsy and they don't do it on the spot typically. So you have to come back. So I think that was like Thursday or Friday. So I had to come back the following Monday. He did the biopsy and uh, he said, you know, in a few days I'll have results. Um, I... You know, my my regular doctor called me at that point. He said, it's probably nothing, you know, don't freak out. And I don't know. There was just something inside of me, though, that I had that feeling that it was going to be cancer. I don't know why, but I was like, what else would it be, you know? Anyway, so they called me back. And um, pretty much the other thing I knew at the ultrasound was that it didn't look like it spread out anywhere because they checked the lymph nodes. And it looked like it was very localized. So... I was trying to reassure myself, you know, thinking, well, even if it's cancer, it doesn't look too bad. Um, and indeed, they call me a few days later and the doctor said right away, look, I have some good and bad news. So um, the bad news is that these are cancer cells. The good news is um, it's really stage one. It's non-aggressive. It's growing really slowly. And, um, you know, and and it's the really the best prognosis you can get um now you know and and what are the next steps so you know so you've got to talk to the surgeon because you're going to need to have surgery and then um you know potentially radiation or depending on what you decide what was a little bit crazy is that every all the hospitals were closed for this kind of procedure at the time because there was COVID. Yeah. so um i got to talk to the breast surgeon i think a few days later and you know the first thing she says, she says look your case is not too serious so we don't know when you're gonna have surgery at this point (laughs) which is you know interesting um so this was april 7 that i got the results and at that time my surgery was supposed to take place june 23rd um, because they didn't know when when hospitals may reopen for for this kind of procedure so um i was like okay um and you know, I, I, again, I wasn't too scared about it because they, you know, my surgeon basically said, you know, three months from now, it's probably going to look the same. Like it's, it's not growing fast or anything, which reassured me. But at the same time, of course, I was like, I just want to get this thing out. Um, And the other thing I should mention is after they did the biopsy, they still had me back for an MRI because they wanted to check both breasts, make sure there was nothing else. And indeed, a couple of spots popped up on the MRI. Um, one on the other side, um, my right breast, which so far, you know, didn't seem to have any anything. And that was indeed at the ultrasound um, was benign. On my left side, where my tumor was, they found another tiny tumor which then ultrasound and biopsy, you know, two appointments later also uh, turned out to be a similar type of cancer, uh, you know, dual carcinoma, kind of the most typical breast cancer, which is also more typical to have in my left breast, which is what happened. Mm -hmm. And they were both, again, fairly small, but the MRI detected the other one, which is good because when I had surgery, then they removed both. And um, it was amazing because my breast is very small, and they removed two um, about the size of a golf ball. So imagine two golf balls taken out of taken out of my breast, oh, and wow. yet the surgeon did an amazing job because I look at you know in, at the mirror and I cannot see that anything happened to my breast. It's it's quite amazing.
0: Oh wow. Um, Did you ever, did you have to do any treatments after your surgery?
1: Yes. So what happened is um, I really expected that the surgeon will say, well, you're going to do surgery, you know, lumpectomy and, um, and then radiation, um, because I thought, you know, my, my tumor is so small. They're just going to take it out and, and we're done. Um, Now she also presented the option of mastectomy to me, which I didn't really think I should think about but you know she basically balanced my options saying you also can do a mastectomy and remove your whole breast the risk of recurrence is a little smaller and you know you don't have to do radiation so I started really weighing in both options um it's I just couldn't you know think of removing my full breast getting an implant at my age being so active I was just Thinking it was going to be a big lifestyle change, and uh, so I decided to do the surgery. Um, after surgery, though, you know they 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 look at the tissue that they they removed, and there is always a chance that they say the margins are not clear, and you have to remove more. In my case, though, and I have a friend who who had that, and she had two surgeries. But in my case, because my breast was so small, it was going to be hard to go back. So. I was also a little bit nervous because if the result of the surgery were that I had to have more surgery then I may have needed a mastectomy which I really was hoping to avoid and I that wasn't the case so the good news is a week after surgery everything looked good the margins were clear so I um, so I was done with surgery and then um, two months later I started doing radiation so I because I was stage one and the lymph nodes were were clear I did not have to undergo chemotherapy, which was a big thing, right? So I was very lucky. I didn't have to do that. I just had to uh, do, I believe, six weeks of radiation every day, Monday through Friday. And um, and again, I did really well. Maybe my age helped in this case, but um, I was going in every day for, you know, five or 10 seconds of the laser beam on my breast. And my skin got a little red, but nothing, nothing bad. So um, from a treatment standpoint, that was, you know, that was not too significant. The other thing is I have been taking tamoxifen, which they typically prescribe um, for the kind of cases like this, especially uh, women before menopause. And I was so reluctant to take drugs because I'm not a, a big, a drug fan. I believe in natural lifestyle and natural remedies. So it was very hard for me to convince myself to take this medication. But I started taking it last year. It's been about a year. And um, my side effects are, are really minor. So I decided to, to take it still, even though I my oncologist and I have discussed the option of taking it or not taking it. But um, so part of the protocol, I'm, t- I'm following the typical protocol at this point, which is surgery, radiation, and taking tamoxifen in theory for five years. So I'm still under medication. But every other, you know, treatment was, you know, done at the time, um, fairly quick. And, um, you know, and, and that's history at this point for me.
0: Yeah. What, um, what was that like, having to go through all that, like, right in the middle of COVID?
1: Well, you know, looking back, to be honest, um, I, I don't mean to say it was a good time to have cancer, but I kind of say it was a good time to have cancer from, from a few standpoints. Well, one is um, because everybody was working at home anyway. I mean, I have a an office job, so, um, you know, so I did my work from, from home. That was actually, that really helped with my comfort. So after surgery, I was off for a couple of days, but it was easy for me to go back to work, if I can say go back to work, because I was really working. I could work from my couch, right? So um, I was able to distract myself by you know, going back to work and yet I didn't have to think about you know, getting up in the morning, getting dressed, going to the office. So the fact that from that standpoint, I think it really helped me that everybody was working from home at the time. So I could be comfortable doing my work, um, the other thing is you know, going through to all the medical treatments and seeing the doctor, actually, I didn't see the doctors for a long time because it was all virtual. But when I had to go in um, to to the to the office, it was actually nice because it was very quiet because they really limited the number of patients to the essential um and you know the the cases that needed attention. so it was actually also a little bit easier, maybe because um, there were—it was you know there were not many people around. Um, I was able in the end to schedule surgery much earlier because they they reopened the hospitals, and instead of you know late June, I had surgery um, May seven, so just a month after diagnosis, um, and I was really thrilled to get it done um, again. You know because of COVID, it was it wasn't too busy at the hospital. It was. Um, there was maybe again some good sides of it. it. I think on the flip side, I wasn't really concerned about being exposed or anything to COVID um, because I knew they were really following very strict protocols. So um, that wasn't a a big concern for me.
0: Okay. I'm sure that did help a lot to be able to work from home during.
1: Oh, absolutely, and you know, having being around with my kids too, because um, you know, I think being diagnosed with cancer when you have little kids, it's psychologically, I think, that's tough. And the fact that they were also doing school at home, and we we're all together, you know, that also, I think, made it a little bit easier to go through that journey.
0: Right. Now, um, to go back just a little bit, um, when you first found out you had cancer. Um, how did you react? Like, were you just kind of like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening," or were you just kind of calm about it, or how how did that how did that go?
1: Well, you know, like as I, as I mentioned earlier, um, when I came home from the biopsy, I just had that feeling, and I wasn't you know, sad about it or or too concerned because I knew, you know, I knew what was in my breast. I knew there was this tumor. Um, I just had a feeling it was cancer. I I don't know, because I was really thinking the odds of that being something random, which I never had before, you know, so I was already quite thinking through the scenario of, you know, I have cancer. It's maybe, you know, it's not too serious. He hasn't spread, he should be okay. When they gave me a call, when the, when the radiologist called me, you know, and he said, yes, you know, there's some cancer cells. I, you know, of course I, you know, kind of took my breath away for a second and, but I took it, you know, I, tr- I tried to be very objective about it. And, you know, as if, you know, I was, let's say treating another patient and I wasn't the patient, right. I'm like, look, the prognosis is excellent. Um, it's very early. It's the best time to catch this. So I was really trying to be very rational. And actually the next day, I think, I started making videos on my social media. So a lot of my family and friends are overseas. And that was the hard part, you know, my parents being so far, my my friends, a lot of my friends being far. So I actually made a video and I basically announced to the world, well, he, that's the thing. Uh, you, you You will never have thought that either, but, <laughs> I have cancer (laughs) and you know this is what I know and again laying out the facts you know on the video saying this is what I have this is the diagnostic this is not very serious but because it was a way for me to I think to make to feel better about it to feel reassured and um you know I actually do I think I was doing okay but what was hard is the concerns of people so I wanted to you know, make sure people knew exactly what was going on because I didn't want to have people call me all over the place and, you know, saying what's going on or we're sorry or whatever. So I didn't want to have to deal with other people's fears. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to be upfront about it to avoid that these conversations and say, look, this is what it is, and that's it, and I'm going to have surgery, and it's going to be fine, you know. And I got a lot of uh, support uh, messages from all over the place, and I think people appreciated. You know, seeing how I was dealing with it and just um, being trying to be calm about it. Of course, it wasn't like I wasn't calm every moment, um, but um, I was again trying to stick to the facts.
0: Right. I'm sure that was a a very uh, brave moment because I know for a lot of people, it's not easy to just kind of come out there and say, I have cancer, you know. So I'm sure that probably took a lot to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. You know, I was trying to take it a little, almost with humor in the sense of, you know, um, one of the, one of the, you know, not the lesson, but one thing that was very, uh, you know, disturbing, maybe for me was, you know, my message was almost like, look, I've done exactly everything that I was told to do to be healthy, to take care of myself. Well, apparently that. Wasn't enough. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, I went through a lot of st- stressful situations in the past few years, uh, personally, professionally. And I also was trying to tell people look, you got to take care of yourself, not just physically, because I did, I think I scored fairly well on the physical side of things. But emotional, um, y- your emotional being is as important, if not more important. And I think that was the biggest lesson for me because. I went through times where I knew it was I was not okay, and I pulled through. And you know, and I, I think I again I didn't have the perfect balance between you know my emotional well being and physical well being.
0: Right. Um, so what um, you said that you're you do like life coaching stuff? Is that right?
1: Uh, coaching and consulting, yes.
0: Yes. So what? Um, What kinds or types of services do you do with that?
1: So, um, I work, um, with individuals, you know, men and women, um, many of them, um, you know, uh, having their own business, for example, but I really help, um, people create a holistic balanced approach to their life. So I, um, I was focused on my career for many years um, in the sense of, you know, I was feeling really good with who I was at work. Um, I was feeling very strategic in my approach and I, you know, I love doing that kind of things, but I realized there were other areas of my life where, you know, I wasn't as fulfilled. I just, um, you know, was, I was feeling on the hamster wheel many times where, you know, where you like the end of the day comes and, you feel like you've been run over by a bus or you don't know, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is hard. And so I finally was able to get my life in order to some extent, but realized that using some method methods of um, things at work, I could actually be more productive, efficient, and better at managing other areas of my life. So um, I work with my clients Um, on the coaching side. I work, um, with them to create that balance and help them solve problems maybe in ways they have never thought about before, um, you know, to feel better in their life overall and really be back to being able to be present to the joy and the peace that they want to experience. Um, so so that's what I do with coaching. I also do um, consulting more on the business side, but coaching is what I, I love because making an impact in people's life and and seeing how much i can bring to them has been the most fulfilling experience i've ever had
0: oh, i'm sure and how how would you say that um your cancer experience has helped in that aspect as well
1: well actually i really um i really decided to dedicate uh, my energy to coaching to my coaching business after cancer because going through it Um, I had a regular, you know, nine to five job before, which was okay, which I liked, which I contributed a lot, but I knew it wasn't the right place for me. I knew I was sticking there for other reasons. Um, And I knew at some point there would be a shift in my life, which I think cancer was it, you know, somehow I I think the universe um, (laughs) created this for me and basically cancer was a little bit of a wake up call. So I actually decided to really uh, invest my time and energy in coaching uh, after going through, through cancer because I just realized that, you know, I don't know how much time I have here in this world, and I don't want to waste my time. And the you know the jobs I had before in my career were the kind of jobs where again I was okay with, but they were just I realized that I was not fulfilled because um, I, I was wasting my time on a lot of different things. So. Uh, I, this wasn't acceptable to me anymore. And I've talked to other cancer patients who feel the same way. You just don't want to waste your time anymore. I just want to, um, explore, you know, more of what I enjoy doing and, um, and creating a way to, you know, to working and having a career, but also balancing that with all the fun and all the, the, the things I enjoy doing and which are also key for my well-being. So, um, I've been a little bit more, um, Measured in, you know, in how how I work and and how I do other things, and you know, incorporating a lot more meditation, mindfulness in my life as well as um, has been very key.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's it's crazy how experiences like that lead you to something that you probably wouldn't have thought of before. You know,
1: right? Exactly, and you know, and. I mean and like a friend told me before right it's like you know what's the worst that can happen i'm like you know i, I went through one of these worst thing that can happen to you already like cancer you know i'm like so yeah. really if i if i try something professionally or whatever and it doesn't work well it's not going to be as bad as cancer i'm sure so so <laughs> so i should try it you know right. um, th- that's that just gives you it gives you a whole different framework of reference yeah
0: I love that. So uh, what would you say um, your cancer journey has taught you the most?
1: Well, I think so. One thing that it has taught me, as I mentioned earlier, too, because I think it's key, is that um, it's not just about your physical well-being. You know, you have to really um, be thinking about the amount of stress in your life, um, the amount of, you know, what's going on with your emotional well-being and sometimes you don't have a choice you know I had a st- fairly stressful job and that, that was my choice and I I, I thought I enjoyed it um, I had also you know a difficult child to raise and um, and a lot of that was not in my control but I think you have to really put in place the things to create that balance because otherwise you know you get to a point where you can really take it anymore. And I'm not saying this is what caused my cancer. You know, nobody knows, but um, I, I just think that that's one thing, right. It's like when something doesn't feel right, you have to really address it and find solutions or, you know, it might be creating big changes in your life, but that's what I do with my clients because I think I understand how hard changes, but sometimes once you go through it and then you're in a so much better place and you are like, oh my gosh, why did I wait so long to make that change? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a big, you know, learning lesson. And then the other thing that I got very present to after going through cancer, is just the fact that life can be simpler than I think we make it a lot of times by just declaring to the world what you want, you know, who you are, what you stand for. And that's kind of what happened professionally because I was so I knew I was very passionate about helping entrepreneurs and bringing a lot of my business and strategy skills to um, entrepreneurs who may have great ideas but not necessarily know how to build a business and I kept on talking about that talking to friends about it talk you know seeing how we can um, change society through again social enterprise and something I really believe in and a few months later, uh, so, after maybe six, yeah, I mean, yeah, six months after going through surgery and, and treatment, I got connected to an organization who I work for now who is all about helping these social entrepreneurs. and it's, you know, and that's that was the aha moment for me. and going forward, I really tried to be intentional um, and declare, um, this is what I want, this is what I'm passionate about this is how I know I can help. And it's amazing the things that the universe gave me, including, you know, the, this this current, um, you know, engagement I'm, I have professionally. It's, um, you know, and just be, it's not even being fearless maybe, but just in that simplicity of don't be afraid of who you are and what you stand for and what you want and just put it out there. And, yeah. and, I think it will eventually happen. People will rely around you. The universe will make it happen. Um, it you know, I'm looking at yeah, how I lead my life in a totally different lens.
0: Right. Oh, I love that. And I think that's important for people to remember also, you know, to just not to be afraid of who you are and what you want.
1: Right. Because, you know, when I think maybe many cancer patients had that experience, too, where, you know, you, you realize you spend so much time um, doing things, you know, because of other people or, you know, how, what people are going to think about you. And, and then you realize, you know, when you go through cancer, especially for patients who are facing a very serious diagnosis, you really realize that the day you're, you may be about to die, it's not, is it really going to matter what other people thought about you? Yeah. I'm, I don't think so, right? So then you really feel like, look, I, I may have flirted with death, you know, and, and, and hopefully everybody is coming out okay of their experience, but what really matters, you know, and I think what matters is what creates joy, joy for you in your life, the relationships you have, you know, your family, your friends, and I think that's really all that really matters in the end, you know?
0: Right. Uh, so, what what would you tell someone right now that's going through cancer? Um, is there any any kind of advice that you would give them?
1: You know, I would say, I mean, the first thing, especially for patients who've been diagnosed recently, is resist the temptation to Google everything. Uh, <laughs> I am a big Google fan. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 of course, I think that created more stress than than anything else. Is you know. Um, shortly after my diagnosis, I started, you know, feeling different things in my body. And I thought I had five other cancers and I started looking (laughs) at symptoms and, you know, um, it's, we have access to so much information today, which is a blessing. And sometimes it's a little bit of a curse. So I will say, you know, feel, hopefully you feel confident in your, um, you know, your, your treatment team, you know, the doctors you work with, um, Try to really understand, you know, the facts of of your diagnosis and, you know, and the treatments. And um, in my case, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of other options or it's not like I I had to do chemo and I, and I didn't want to do it. Or there was like some, um, you know, some heavy treatment I would have to do fortunately for me, but I also still believe that there are some alternative things out there that could be explored. And you know, I was pleasantly surprised that my oncologist, um, when I brought up the question of should I take tamoxifen or not, was very um, was very objective about it. You know, he said, "Well, your chance of recurrence, even though your tumor was very non-aggressive, is probably 10% at most. If you take tamoxifen, it's about half of it, which is 5%. It's, it? You could say it's a lot less, but you could also say it's not nothing. It's still 5%. So." some patients have a lot of side effects and um, a hard time with that medication. So he said, if that was your case, I will really say, this is your choice, right? You can choose to take it, not take it. And I really appreciated his balance and the fact that, you know, um, I think some, some doctors at times kind of play on your fear and basically say, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I think doctors are like, like us, you know, human beings, they are wonderful human beings, but they only know what they've learned, right? And what they've seen. So I, I think if I were to face a more serious diagnosis with my cancer, I would wanna gather, you know, talk to a lot of people, maybe two people who've done through alternative treatments, who've explored other things and just seeing what's out there and, and then making a decision about what is it that I really wanna do
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and again, I'm not trying to question medicine or whatever, but there are a lot of things out there, you know, that could be considered, um, to help. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, you would know what, what may be available to you. Right.
0: Um, is there, um, is there anything else, um, that you'd like to share with me and our listeners today?
1: Well, I mean, for, you know, for the listeners who are going through this, um, I want to, you know, share my, my sympathy. I, I know it's typically always a shock. Um, I mean, for me, it was definitely a shock. I never expected I would have cancer at 41. Um, But, you know, cancer, I think a lot of people say that. Um, Medicine has made so much progress today. It's amazing. And, um, you know, the earlier you get diagnosed, I think the the better for most cases. Um, I I will say you know um, it. I just hope for for you listeners again that y- you can realize that a few years from now, looking back, you may see this experience differently. You may even see it as something that you know that that was a good thing in in your lifetime, and that's how I see mine because. It has forced me to see my life differently. So I know when you're in the middle of it, it's really tough. But hopefully, um, once you get get out of it, um, you it will make you stronger. It will make you probably a different person, and you never want to go back to you know to the other person you are before. Um, and hopefully, you know you you get the support you need and don't be afraid to ask because what I've learned too is you ask and people are more than happy to help. And some people you never expected maybe will will show up and they did. And they, you know, so, um, so, so don't be, don't be embarrassed or ashamed of what's going on and be out there and, um, and gather all the love you deserve to go through this
0: journey. I love that. Uh, When you said, um, and realizing like looking back and see that the experience was a good thing or a blessing that really resonates with me and i've mentioned this on a few other episodes um but like i never thought i would be here doing something like this these podcasts and things and it's only because of where my dad was diagnosed seven years ago that it's kind of given me this so then when it happened, I didn't really know of anything, you know. And then here I am, and it's like without that experience, I wouldn't be here. So that that statement really resonates a lot with me.
1: Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I'm. Uh, I bet a lot of people say that, and yeah, there is. You know, I again, I don't want to mi- minimize the seriousness of some, you know, cancers and and stages and but um but but i'm hoping that every survivor out there can really um can really that he that has transformed their life in know in a good way
0: Right. well i thank you so much for coming on here to talk a little bit about your experience and i'm thankful that yours um was a lesser of the breast cancers and not as serious and that you're even here today to talk about it. So
1: thank you. Yes. I'm, I'm glad. Um, thank you for having me. And, um, I'm really glad I can share my experience with others and hopefully, you know, help other patients and survivors.
0: Yes. Alrighty. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day or I guess your day is probably just now getting started. Yes, <laughs> I keep exactly. Forgetting, I keep forgetting the time change <laughs> <laughs> or the time difference. Um, So I hope you have a great day and thank you again for coming on today. Thank
1: you, Samantha. Have a great day.
0: All right. You too. Bye-bye. You can find out more about Isabel by following her journey through Instagram. Her handle is located in the description of this episode. I enjoyed speaking with Isabel today, and I hope some of her words can help you through your cancer journey, no matter what stage you are in.